going back to our discussion on failure, failure is necessary. So fail often and fail fast because the faster you can fail, the quicker you will get to um, a level of success. And so I, I waited too long and I was bound by fear. So I would just say, I would say to my younger self, hey, don't be afraid. You're gonna fail, go do it quickly and get back up and learn from your failures. Yo, 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 what's up, guys? Holy Hustle Podcast. Welcome back. And uh, I'm just pumped. I'm so pumped because of you guys. We uh, launched this thing, um, you know, several episodes ago. And as the time of this recording, now these podcasts are delayed like a week or two, but right now we have about 108 or 109 reviews on Apple Podcasts, I think like a dozen on Spotify. And it's all because of you. I've gotten so many really cool comments on the YouTube channel, just people like, you know, giving some legs to how they've been feeling about entrepreneurship and faith. And so thank you guys so much. The, the, the reviews are so, so helpful to me. We're always going to be doing giveaways at the end of every single month. So uh, make sure to go leave your review, go subscribe, hit the like button, all that good stuff. So today in this episode, we're going to talk to a pastor that built a seven-figure internet business, one of my really good friends, and uh, you're going to really enjoy this interview. Got my man Jeremy Murphy here. How are you, man? What's up, man? Glad to be here. Dude, I'm super excited uh, about this because we work together on a couple different projects, and um, and, and so you know, sometimes it's like we get busy and we're just working together, we get busy, but I think this what's really cool, just when I think about, when I thought about this interview, and when I think about what you were able to accomplish as a full-time pastor is such a cool story. You need to write a book. Someone needs to publish <laughs> this story of, of, of your vision for digital tent making. We're going to get into all that stuff. But yeah, man, so you have a really cool story. If you can just talk a little bit about how a full-time pastor, how in the world a full-time pastor, and disclaimer, I know pastors are really busy. You might be watching this going like, oh, right. you know, all that good stuff. But this guy is an absolute weapon when it comes to advertising and, and, and creating businesses and building audiences and, um, and, and just a weapon when it comes to serving. And we, we work together on a project and, um, bro, your, uh, your leadership there and the way you treat your audience and clients is one of the coolest things to see. So would you mind just sharing a little bit about how in the heck you built digital tent makers and, and how it came to be? Yeah, man. So it actually started, um, I'll back up a little bit. I've been in ministry since the late nineties, I'm going to age myself a little bit here. Well, we planted our church in 2009 and by 2011, you know, we were, we were struggling financially. I mean, we poured everything into our church plant, all of our time, all of our resources, and then realized, Hey, we can't survive on, on just this little meager salary. And so I went the bivocational route and ended up getting a job as a high school teacher on a low income community. And I did this for a couple of years. I loved it. I absolutely loved the job. It felt, fit my skill set. It was amazing. But I, I got to the point, Alejandro, where, dude, I was just, I was burned out. And I couldn't keep, you know, the full-time job and pastoring full-time. Plus, we were having young kids. And it just was one of those things that I just, I, I got so overwhelmed. And I 
started looking at what are some ways that I can leverage my skill set and you know stay home. And that was really the goal. Something in my life had to give. And it wasn't going to be the church, right? It wasn't going to be my family. So I started looking at ways to make money online. Now, I don't know if you guys have ever, you know, gone down that rabbit hole of making money online. Um, but for me, I, you know, I spent about a year trying to figure out what I was going to do. And I realized that paid advertising was really going to be my ticket out of the nine to five rat race. And so I started learning Facebook ads, you know, I just kind of uh, dove in with both feet. I quit my job as a teacher before I had my first paying client. I started as a freelancer. I started getting a few clients on the side. And then uh, within about a year and a half, I had the privilege of co-founding a medical marketing agency that went on to do seven figures in 18 months. And I did all of this while pastoring full-time. And I didn't even believe that it was possible. Of course, now looking in the rearview mirror, I see, oh, this was totally possible. And I believe anyone can do this. But that's how I got started. I mean, I wasn't trying to be an entrepreneur. I wasn't necessarily trying to build an online business. Uh, it really was based out of need. Hey, we had to provide for our family and I wanted to continue to pastor. And, and so that's really my my story and how I got started. So bro, you know, how how did you even think about like Facebook at like, how did, how did you come about learning and what year was this? This was like 2012, 2013, like the heyday of, you know, Facebook ads. And I was on my way to work at five 30 in the morning, listening to a podcast. And, uh, and, and so I wish this podcast would have been around back then because I would have loved to hear this stuff because no one was really talking about this, you know, back then, mm. but I heard podcasts. And the episode was a guy who was making, you know, $2,000 a month running Facebook ads for local businesses. And when I heard that, something clicked in me. And I said, you know what? If that dude can do it, I can do it. And he was talking about like the flexibility and the schedule. And he works at night after the kids go to bed. And so I went, I went to school that day. I started Googling this. I went to YouTube University, right? And just started learning as much as I could about about Facebook ads. So it started, it started with a podcast. Okay. So let's, let's dive in that, you know, there's probably, you know, some folks uh, on here that are listening to this podcast that I think there's a couple types of people. One, you have people that have some sort of course idea or they have a course and they're trying to grow an audience. And then I think there are people that, you know, maybe have an audience, but maybe doesn't have an offer or something of that sort of ones. But then you have people that are just like, man, I, I got some expertise I, I know a little bit. I need to learn something because I want to supplement my income. I want to fund my ministry. You know, where did you dive right in to to start this Facebook, you know, uh, ad business? You know, I, I realized that you, you had to get you have to get really good at a skill, right? So I just had to pick a skill, and I literally just, you know, heard this podcast episode was like, okay, that's the skill that I'm going to master. And I didn't even know what I didn't know. Right. But in, in my case, what I ended up kind of leaning towards was lead generation for local businesses. Mm. And uh, here's what I'll say too. You don't have to be the best at it to, to make a lot of money. You just have to be good enough and better than mm. uh, most people and better than business owners. Right. And I think sometimes, at least I can speak for myself, I've let perfectionism put a lid on my potential. Like I don't take action because 
uh, I feel like I have to be the best. And so just dive in. I got really good at um, lead generation for local businesses. And a little side note here, one of the skills that you have to get good at, I think with any online business is copywriting. I think, you know, being able to shape your ideas and thoughts in a, in a way that is very powerful in a way that can persuade people to build community. I think that's really important. And so in creating ads, I learned the skill of copywriting. Yeah. I think, I think, you know, if you know how to communicate and persuade it's it's really the game and so you know i always tell people man if you can get, if you know people that are can understand how to write and communicate to people they'll yeah. always have some sort of job online so that's that's writing maybe you're blogging it but right. then i think you know step further copywriting is basically using your words to sell ideas and persuade people that weren't gonna buy to buy mm. something and if you do that you can you can build a six and seven figure and beyond type of type yep. of business when you first learn copywriting just out of curiosity for those like yeah I, I like to write i don't know how to do what copywriting is i thought that was just like copywritten and um you know but what is copywriting and and so how did you start with copywriting so i actually went on youtube and there were a few people that i followed on youtube mike dillard was one of the first people oh, yeah. that i love mike and he's probably OG. one of the best copywriters out there i took a, a vsl a video sales letter that he did this was probably back in 2014 or 15 and i literally transcribed the whole thing just opened up a Google doc and listened to it. I would pause it on YouTube and I would type it out. And then I just broke it down and I started looking at how he put together a really good sales letter. And that's, I think that was really the genesis of, of the copywriting journey. But then I just started deconstructing like anybody I would come across that I felt like was really good at writing copy. I would just create a swipe file and just study that thing. So I didn't go, I didn't take a course uh, I didn't, you know, I, I didn't invest in a coaching program. I really just kind of learned this by looking at some of the really good copywriters out there and deconstructing what they were creating. Yeah. And so what Jeremy mentioned when it comes to swipe file, that's an internal way we talk about we'll copy and 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 see what's out there and model it. Like if this ad is running and it's done well, then it's something that we can kind of take and use, not word for word, but use as like what he's saying, like really de deconstruct, I, uh, you know, analyze it to see what makes this ad do so well. So in learning and, and, and deconstructing these ads and studying them, what were, what are a few tips when it comes to writing good emails, writing good copy, writing good social captions, writing good sales? Like when it comes to copywriting, are there a few tips that you can give to the folks that are watching now? I think it's becoming more and more important to just be genuine, to be authentic, mm. to be you. And, and so it's less about constructing really good sentences and more about just getting your point across, caring for your audience, and, and not trying to write the perfect thing. And so, so many times as I deconstructed the masters of copywriting, you realize grammatically they're not great. And, you know, they even like, you know, the flow sometimes doesn't fit, but they're, they're coming across in a way that's genuine. And so the best way to get good at it is just to do it. And one of the, you know, things that I believe in is in imposing deadlines for yourself. 
Um, and so if you have a newsletter, for example, or a blog that is published at a certain time or even a podcast, then it's forcing you into a rhythm of creating content. And so the best way to get really good at it is just to jump in and do it. Yeah. If you want to, if you want to become a better free throw shooter, they don't tell you to study a bunch of things. They don't tell you to go watch a bunch of YouTube videos, although you can do that, but you have to start actually shooting free throws. And um, some of the best copywriters I've ever, I've ever heard of, and maybe you learned this from Mike or you just did it innately, but they'll say handwrite copy or type out like so that you really understand. And I like that, you know, a lot of people want to persuade and use the right words. And I've got a book up there called words that sell. But we always talk about this, Jeremy, like, you are one of one, I'm one of one, we never want to be a clone of a clone of a clone. And we want to come across and, and, and as we write who we are conversation, like I think that helps us stand out, we're going to attract the perfect audience that are probably going to vibe with us and our core values. And we're most likely going to repel people that just were never going to join our community, become a, a customer or, or a client of ours. And so 100% um, they're with you. Okay, so you're this pastor that makes seven figures, you, you build a seven figure business. How does that feel? Because we grew up in very similar church world. And you know, I grew up in, and money was kind of like, you know, it wasn't said, no, I'm not putting words in my pastor's mouths, but like, it was just like, you, you kind of had to suffer for the gospel, you know, right, and, and, right. and money was you know, a very, very weird thing growing up. And I've learned so much over the last decade of, 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 you know, mm. maybe two decades now, but how did that feel being a seven figure pastor and having a church and preaching? Well, I do need to clarify the business made seven figures. Well, yeah. Uh, right. I wish that I was making seven figures right. personally. That would have been amazing. Um, but you know, here's the thing. We just made a decision. We, we made this decision before the business uh, mm. took off. And that was that we're not going to change our lifestyle, maybe add a few trips in here and there or whatever. But we weren't going to upgrade the house and buy fancy cars. And we still have, I mean, mm. we still have one vehicle. It's a minivan. We still live in the same house we did, you know, when I was teaching. So we just yeah. decided like, we're not going to go out there and go crazy. We're going to be responsible. And we really believe in, in stewardship, right? God has given us stewardship over our work and over so our, our income. And so um, it didn't always feel like seven figures because when you're running a business and you start hiring a team and you're growing fast, things were moving so fast that it, we didn't even feel it until much later. But I would say like we just made this uh, pre-decision to not really change our lifestyle very much at all. And the thing I love about you that you you know, you, you talked about, you know, your pastor built a seven figure business. That, that's actually the truth. But, you, you, you know, just some insight and I appreciate the humility, but just some insight, you know, we love a book called um, hundred million dollar offers, you know, Hermosi, you know, mm. did he have a hundred million dollars in the bank? No, probably right. not. You know, you see seven and eight figures and it's like, well, how much, that's actually yeah. not how much they, you know, it's what the business makes. And then yeah. you have, there's a lot of people, Jeremy, I'm going to sidetrack, but like talking about like a one person business, are you seeing this too, Jeremy on Twitter? Like uh, you're going to have this yeah. one person yeah. business. And I'm like the two things I think about, man, I'm kind of getting excited and riled up here, but like two things I love employing and hiring and contractors. Mm. I think it's one of the most cool and capitalistic things that you can do is exchange yep. money and give someone else money so that they can create something for themselves in exchange for the work. It's a very, I love that thing. And then two, 
everyone, these guys saying, I have a one person business. They're like, I, I see videos of them like, yeah, so I hired this person to on Fiverr to do this. And I hired, like, that's not a one person business. You know, it's not a one person <laughs> right. business. Um, you know, you talk a lot about freelancing. You talk, you, you, you know, you're, you're really good with freelance, um, for, with things like Fiverr and hiring people. What are some of the ways that as we're starting out and we have a job, Jeremy, what are some of the quick freelancing things that you would think of most newer people getting into this game that they can help a freelance hire a freelance person to help them with certain things? You know, I, I think you, you when you start looking at these big platforms like uh, you know free, freelance.com, Fiverr, uh, Upwork, you know, I, I've I've been hiring off those platforms for the last probably six or seven years, Love it. Um, and it can be hit or miss. And so one of the things that I do is I'll give them a, a small project. I check the reviews. I, you know, I do all of the normal stuff that you would do if you're going to hire a freelancer. Um, but I always ask for a portfolio or I always ask for like, hey, show me what you've done that's similar to the that's job good. I'm needing you to do. Um, and then I give them a small project to work on. And I mean, we actually built a custom CRM uh, and a, a, an Android and iPhone app from developers off Upwork. Um, that were in India, you know, we worked with them for over a year and a half and it took us about three or four different developers before we landed these guys and they're amazing. And so sometimes what happens, I think this happens in general, you try something that doesn't work and then you go, okay, that whole, that whole thing doesn't work. When the truth is maybe you just, you just need to keep going, you know what I mean? And so we just kept, you know, kept hiring and, and not, putting all of our eggs in one basket. So I think it's important to look at different platforms, but I'll tell you this, like this actually happened to me a couple of weeks ago. I was having a problem installing a pixel on a website, right? For those of you in the marketing world, you know, pixels, just a little snippet of code and, but it wouldn't fire correctly. I couldn't get it to work. And so I spent like three hours on this thing. And then finally just opened up Fiverr, went to the guy that I've used in the past and sent him a quick DM and by the time I got up the next morning, it was done and it was working and it cost me 15 bucks. I just thought, man, I wasted three hours of my time making basically five bucks an hour on this thing. And I could have just, you know, turned to Fiverr and had this done in an hour or two um, for 15 bucks. So I am a big proponent of, of hiring out. And I do think it's a, it's important that you bring on employees or maybe full-time contractors at some point, but I absolutely love the model and the technology that's out there. The platforms out there are absolutely amazing. Yeah. And I'm actually, I actually, the Holy Hustle website, I think it was like a couple hundred bucks, hooked the guy up with some tips as well as like 300 bucks or something. And I, you know, it's a simple website, does exactly what I need to do. He integrated it with my active campaign. So mm. people get emails and, uh, you know, installed the pixel, all that kind of stuff. And I actually did that as a result of kind of you like, hey, go try five, go do, you know, free like go check out these different things. And you, I think that, you know, you talk a lot about freelancing and, you know, um, especially for pastors and church leaders, talk about funding their right. freedom to fund their ministries. And there's a lot of different opportunities for pastors. And you have a toolkit, the, uh, the Tent Maker Toolkit that I want to uh, link up uh, in the yeah. show notes as well. And you'll talk about it later and what people can get. But you give a lot of different ideas for pastors 
to fund their ministry. And one specific way that you started over a few years ago was uh, um, Facebook ads, helping pastors and church leaders and Christian entrepreneurs learn how to use Facebook ads to help local small businesses. And so there's a lot of different freelancing ideas and ways to make money and courses and crochet and whatever you want to (laughs) do. But you have, you know, and we're working together on this, which is so exciting and so fun over the last couple of years. But um, we have almost 250 people that have spent anywhere from $2,000 to $3,000 to be a part of this curriculum coaching community. Why do you think Facebook ads is such a powerful thing for people to start up um, to create more freedom and margin to be to make more money and spend time with their family? I think most people don't realize the power of Meta, which is the parent company for Facebook. They own a good chunk of the internet and they are, I mean, the largest social media platform. Uh, I read somewhere, Alejandro, that 37% of the world's population is on Facebook and 72% of Americans use Facebook regularly. And so, you know, in, in the world of marketing, what we're looking for is we're looking, where are the eyeballs? And so I always say that I'm platform agnostic. I don't really care if Facebook blows up tomorrow. I'm not married to the platform. But as a marketer, I look at these things. I look at these stats and go, okay, if this is where people are, if this is where their eyeballs are, then you know this is why I made the decision in 2011, 2012 to get really good at this skill because I saw where Facebook was headed. And now they own Instagram and you know, Oculus and, and WhatsApp, and they have a whole suite of apps. And so I think people will often sleep on Facebook thinking, oh, Facebook's dead. My grandparents are on Facebook. But the truth is like, it, it, it just everybody's on the platform. And if they're not on Facebook, they're on Instagram. And I think for pastors, you know, this isn't the only skill to learn in marketing for sure, but it is a great one to learn because if you can get really good at marketing for another business, then that means you're learning how to market anything and you can market your own business. This is exactly what happened with me. You know, we started with just helping some clinics that expanded and grew. And then one of the things that we did was hire some pastor friends of mine who needed some part-time work. And that's when the light bulb went off for me. I was like, man, this is amazing. Like this is a great tent making business because you can work this on your own schedule it's a great skill. You can get your own clients. You can make as much money as you want or as little as you want. And so that's when the idea for Digital Tent Makers was actually born was my first agency, realizing the power of what, what we had. So let's back a little, a little bit for those that you know maybe don't understand the, the context of tent making. Mm. Can you give people a little bit more context of what digital tent making is. Right. So, I mean, we, we all, maybe if you're listening to this, you understand the New Testament or the Bible. In the New Testament, there was an apostle by the name of Paul, and Paul was a church planter. He essentially traveled around the Mediterranean rim, planting churches, making disciples, fulfilling the calling that God had on his life. And we are grateful for that because two-thirds of the New Testament was written by Paul. And he wrote those letters to different churches. And so we are the beneficiary of Paul's tent making activities. And so one of the things that he did to support himself was he was a skilled tent maker. And the the cool thing about that is that he could literally take that job, uh, that skill to any city, to any region 
And all he had to have was a few tools and he could be up and running making money. And so I think about digital tent making very similarly. I just need a laptop and internet connection. I can travel. I can be anywhere in the world working for my clients, helping their businesses grow. And so it's very similar in, in, in sort of the concepts of tent making. And uh, we just call it digital tent making because for me, that's the one criteria that I have is if I'm going to run a business, it's got to be digital. I want the flexibility of that digital business. So that's really what what digital tent making is all about. And, and I love it. And people, you know, th th here's the reason I, I love what we do. Um, again, almost 250 people, like most people that are doing these high ticket and court, like to have 250 people inside of a community is absolutely insane. And the, the, the Tuesday sessions that we have, they're like next level, like there's just so much value. And, uh, and, and, and it's amazing the, 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 what we're building in there here. Here's the thing about it. I love courses. I love high ticket. I love coaching. And, and I think people that have an expertise and starting to grow an audience should have a course. But for those that are just still trying to figure things out, the difference between a course and a tent making business in, in your context is, you know, running Facebook ads for local businesses. I launch a course, you know, I got to build, I got to record it, build it. And then I got to go find the audience. And then I got to sell to that audience. The cool thing about a tent making business in, in this context, running Facebook ads for local businesses, all I have to do is run ads to people that already know the value of advertising and traffic because they have to keep their lights on to, and they need more customers. And all you really need, we talk about this is, you know, send a couple text messages to let people know what you're doing, you know? And, and so it's a very powerful thing. Whereas I think of course, it, it's definitely long-term you and I, we, we're course creators. We've called it, created multiple courses, but, but if you're looking for something like this fall, you know, 2024 is coming around the corner and you want something that you can plug and play and start getting clients literally within days I would 100% check out what Jeremy's doing with the digital tent maker and the Facebook ads bootcamp. It's incredible. Yeah. So I want to spend a little yeah. time here, Jeremy, just to give people not everything, but like maybe some tips and ideas of how to start because, uh, you know, what you're creating there and building is, is, is tremendous. What would you say, like, Jeremy, awesome. What are the three things, two things I can go do right now to start running ads for local small businesses? My cousin owns a, a, a few restaurants or, you know, my, my so-and-so is an orthodontist in this mm. city. Like, how can I help them? Yeah, I, I think, you know, it, anytime that you can solve a problem in the marketplace, you know, and you can get halfway decent at creating a solution to fit that problem, I think then, then you have an opportunity for not just a side hustle, but you have the opportunity to really create a business around it. And what I love about freelancing is that's how I started. I started as a freelancer and then moved to become a business owner. And I think that's sort of the path that a lot of us take. It's the path that you took, Alejandro. It's, a, it's the t path that a lot of us take. And so in terms of Comparing that with course creation and all of that, you know, building a course, building a community, it's hard work. And really, you've got to validate the reason you're building the course. And so for me, I came at it from a perspective of, you know, I've already built a business around this skill set. I want to teach other people how to do it, but I still also have clients. And so you and I both are practitioners in the marketing space. We're not just teachers. We're not just course creators. I mean, we actually have clients. We actually have to get on discovery calls and 
make proposals and do all of that. And I think when you create something like a course or coaching uh, program, if you can still be, become a practitioner while doing it, it really builds your credibility as well. But in terms of like where to start, you know, just there's so much free stuff out there. There's so many resources out there. You just got to stay focused and learn a skill. And I think, you know, if, if you want to learn how to run Facebook ads, there's uh, Blueprint, which Facebook puts out. It's a free online training. Obviously, we have our coaching community where we have a whole course and, and community built around this. But there's tons of free resources out there for people to learn this. And I love freelancing because you can literally start making money tomorrow. You know, you don't have to build this thing and then pray that people show up to it. You can start literally tomorrow running ads for somebody and then you get better as you do it. And you'll probably lose your first couple of clients and that's okay. Mm -hmm. I did. Everybody does. Um, but just get out there and do it. And I think what holds people back and I'll end with this part is, is fear. Like I'm afraid. Mm -hmm. What if I can't do it? What if I can't get results? What if they cancel? And all of those things will be true. And if you can just get past that and just launch it and push past the fear, you know, you'll see that it's not as bad as you think it is. And there's a lot of money to be made on the other side of that fear. Oh, that's really good. And I love that because I think that people like myself, when I listen to podcasts, I just, I want to learn. I want to immerse myself. I want to learn. And for those that are watching out, you want to learn. And maybe there's been a hesitation or what have you. And, um, but, but you made it here. You have the humility to, to want to be a learner. I call it a learn it all versus a know it all. And you're a learn it all. And, 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 you know, there's so much, freedom and and so many so much impact um and, and ultimately income on the other side of fear uh, the reality of that and so you know we have seen in our own events we do these challenges and online events you know jeremy's talking about you know you can make money tomorrow uh the reality is we've done an event where we challenge people on the call like spur of the moment like hey let's see if people can get clients right now. And so Jeremy has this really cool script that he's developed and boom, people started reaching out and, you, you know, using the script real time and starting having people wanting to become clients of the people that were in this challenge. So, so that's a real thing. And it's one of the fastest ways I know this is why I love that we partnered up on this. Um, one question I do have is, you know, why local, why do you love local small businesses so much as opposed to, you know, a bunch of, you know, different niches and industries and SaaS and all this kind of stuff? Why do you love and think uh, 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 someone getting started should start with local small business? Two reasons. One, the first one is that they're overlooked. Most small businesses uh, are overlooked. And here's why, because they don't look fancy. They don't look sexy. Um, but I'll give you an example. I have a plumber that's a couple miles from my house. He's got a little warehouse. He runs like four or five vans and the dude is making like 6 million a year. Okay. I don't know very many course creators making 6 million a year, but this little mm. plumber, right. That you pass, you pass by his place. You'd never even know it was there. And so there, there's so much untapped potential in local businesses and I like to find businesses that haven't made the jump to digital. They don't quite understand marketing. They, they know they need to do it, but they don't understand how to do it. And so that's just who I love to work with. Now, certainly you could get into e-commerce. Uh, in my opinion, e-commerce is way more difficult and the margins are really slim. But when you're doing lead generation for 
uh, a local business that averages, you know, six to $10,000 per job, you don't have to be a wizard marketer to, to make them a lot of money and for them to stay with you for years. And mm. so I just find that local businesses are, are great um, to start with. And I've built a whole business, actually multiple businesses around uh, just marketing for local businesses. I love it. So you lose everything today, you know, God forbid mm. you lose everything today and it's all wiped out. And um, you know, you're like, I just need my laptop, got my skill, Facebook ads. That's it. And you had to start over today, you know, what would your plan be to get local small business clients? What would you do? Yeah. I mean, I would just literally look up. I would probably start with a niche. Uh, I would look mm. in the city. I would find, okay, dentists, chiropractors. Uh, I would look for plumbers, any local business that maybe was uh, in that area, in that environment. And then I would just send them a DM and I would mm. offer to work for free uh, for them to set everything up for free for mm. 30 days and I would just bust my chops, you know, just to get them a few leads coming in. And then, then you got them hooked. And, and so I, we don't really, you know, in our coaching program, we don't really teach uh, a whole lot about working for free, but I do think if I was, if my back was against the wall, back against the wall. right. And I had to get a client tomorrow. Um, you create an irresistible offer, right. And mm. you, you, I mean, working for free is about as irresistible as it gets. <laughs> So that's, I mean, that's what I do. And I, I would literally message, I'd probably message a hundred a day and pick mm. up the phone call. And that sounds like a lot, but honestly, that's just a couple hours of work. And the result of that can be a $1,500 a month client. And if you start adding that up, that's $18,000 a year. So you don't need very many clients before you're really moving the needle financially. No, I love that. And, um, you know, we, we, we talk a lot about, you know, picking niches, picking um, um, potential prospects uh, that are a little bit more higher ticket. Um, so as yep. an example, for, for folks that like, we'll, we'll give you some math for more of the logical folks listening is, um, you know, orthodontist, a start or, or a new client's about six to $7,000. And so if you think about that, if they're paying me $1,500, mm. and let's just say they're spending $1,500 a month on ads, I get them one client a month, over the next three months, that's $21,000 that they've made and they've spent about nine grand, you know, um, to, yeah, about nine grand. And so, so they give you nine grand Well, they give, you know, they're spending nine grand, but, and making 21, it makes so much sense logically when you can do this because there's so many local businesses, you know, that, that are higher ticket and can spend yep. more money with you. And we know this to be true because he, him, you know, Jeremy and I both have worked for free for people to show what we're worth. And it's not just us that have done this and built these businesses, but there's so many really cool stories in this community. Can you tell a couple, maybe Brent, you know, a couple of Brent and Brett's story just about what they've been able to accomplish with literally zero experience? Oh, we, we, we do have a lot of stories like this that come in. Um, really cool stories. And I mean, honestly, I have shed so many tears just over... Mm you know, what God has done and, and, and the lives of some in our coaching program. And I don't say that lightly and I'm not a crier either, but there's been some really cool things. One, one story that stands out and you know, the story is uh, a pastor, his name is pastor Brett Hoffman and he's up in uh, Portland, Oregon. He joined our, our program, started learning Facebook ads and pretty quickly started getting 
you know, a client and picked up another client and just started building his little freelancing business on the side. And within a year, I think it was right at a year, um, he had replaced his income from the church and then, you know, ended up giving his salary back to his church. It freed up his church in so many ways. I, well, we could talk about the kingdom impact there of what he was able to do. But then he's got, you know, he's got two daughters. One of them is in college. The other one just got married. So he's in a very expensive season of his life. And his digital tent making business is is really, you know, providing for his family in pretty amazing ways. Well, we hear stories like this, Alejandro. It just, it's so humbling to see what some of these guys are doing uh, in their businesses. And it's, it's just amazing. And I, and that's the holy hustle. I mean, part of what it is, you know, really partnering with God and, yeah. and your work ethic and your stewardship of your gift to grow that skill set to ultimately work towards world-class level. Um, and, and, and that's, that's mm. what we do here. And, and, and so, so yes, it's fun to make money and that's, I love all that. I love that stuff, but the kingdom impact is what's so amazing when you take your God-given abilities right. and talents, nurture them and steward them well so that you can help other people. And it takes resources. It takes money to have just insane impact for the kingdom. And so I uh, love all that you're, you're doing and the stories are um, are amazing, man. Um, can you talk a little bit about you know, a time where – it wasn't always so good, you know, it all wasn't always so great. And you had, mm. you know, some sort of challenge or setback or failure that man, um, you, you know, and, and, and how your faith has been something to help you overcome and, um, and have peace during that time. You know, I, I kind of laugh at that because, uh, I have so many failures and setbacks <laughs> <laughs> that it's, it, I've lost count. It's kind of hard to you know pick one, mm. but I, I will say this, that one second, one second, we are taught as to not fail. Like, you know, yes. failure in such a bad word, even in the church yes. failure, there's a lot of moral fail, you know, a lot of, a lot. so, so like, how have you been okay? Like, it sounds like you're fine with failing. You know, I, I didn't used to be. And I think um, you're absolutely mm. right that we've been conditioned to think that failure is an endpoint. And it, it, what happens is after you failed a few times, if it's at the same thing and you failed a few times, it will start to define you. And by the way, you can also let success define you. And I think both of those things are equally as dangerous. But I think failure is really hard because many times we're doing it, it's public, people see it. And we just kind of, you know, we, we just hide in the corner and, and we're going, I'm never doing that again. Mm -hmm. But I think that it, it, like you're saying, if we can reframe failure, I think it's really key. I, I think about James, uh, you asked me about the faith, you know, how does faith play a part in this? Uh, my favorite book in the new Testament is James. And it's like the wisdom book of, of the new Testament. And in the first chapter, the first couple of verses, you know, he says, consider it pure joy. Mm -hmm. My brothers, when you face, and I'm going to substitute the word trial for, you know, setbacks and failures, disappointment, disillusionment. Consider it pure joy when you face these things. And then he goes on to talk about why, because it develops perseverance in us. And it actually has fruit that failure, setbacks, trials can actually produce something great inside of us. And why else would James tell us to rejoice if our failures weren't an endpoint or were an endpoint, right? So, so I, I just think like I've tried to reframe in my mind, how I think about failure. And I just want to fail fast and fail often um, on my way to, to success, whatever that looks like. Man, that's, that, that's powerful, man. And I think that's, 
so encouraging. And I, you know, you and I've talked about this. I've talked to my girls like one time a few years ago, you know, Hey f- girls failure. Like, do you know, it's okay to fail. Like my, they're looked at me like, really? And I was like, man, that's what have we or, or school taught them? I know you guys homeschool, like yeah. what have we taught them that they think failure? And I knew, I thought the same thing. And, and we're all, we're, we're, we get a letter. It's an A through an F. You know, and, um, you know, I, I you know, when, 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 especially in this economy, in this climate, we're, we're supposed to identify. They're trying to put identifiers yep. on us, man. And the only person that can really, our identities in Christ, he's the one that create, you know. And so, so I just try to, try to, failure's good, and, but, yeah. but we want to get better. We want to grow from this. We don't want to just stay here and fix. We want to continue to grow, man. So I love, I love that you were so just like, Matter of fact, when it comes to failure, like I failed so many times. I'm like, Ooh, I don't know if I'd want to admit that, but man, I really appreciate you said writing you know, a book. To... I like, I think my book is going to be on all my failures, you know? Yeah. Maybe you could yeah. co-author I, it with me, you know, <laughs> I'll co-author it with you. You know, um, here's, here's the forward. Here's the forward. You're ready. I, I love Jeremy Mur- Murphy. His biggest failure is being a Houston Astros fan. <laughs> There we go. I'll take that. He's a I'll big, take that. he's a big, 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 big um, Astros fan. Um, you know, and uh, dude, just love the conversation. I love how much you love your family, and you, you know, um, the the work that we get to do is just is just crazy. Like yeah. the work that we get to do. Like I, I, we tell people on our Tuesday calls. That's when our coaching calls are. It's literally one of my favorite things to look for because you know, someone did it for Jeremy and I, someone yeah. poured into us. And, 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 and what I find the people that I'd respect the most is that they want to pay it forward. Because if you're listening to this in five years from now, three years from now, or 30 days from now, you get your first client or something. I would hope that, you know, you would never need to tell me, but I would hope that you would, you know, pay it forward because you heard Jeremy and I talk about that thing. And so, so yeah, so we, we love, we love, I I love doing that um, with you. So out of all the things that you've done, you've built, um, I I just, every time I like talk about you, I'm like, oh yeah, you know, pastor, I built a seven figure business. People freak out. Like that's just very unheard of. But out of all the things that you've, you've done for Jeremy, you know, what is the thing that you're most proud of Jeremy for? You know, I, I think it's, um, stepping, take, taking the step away from a full-time job was really mm. hard. And, but I did this for my family. I did this mm. because I felt a real, and this was long before the pandemic and people were working from home. So it wasn't real normal. And I remember the conversation with my, my principal at the time, he's like, dude, what are you doing? You know, I mean, mm. he's like, well, I'll give you this. He tried to incentivize me to stay, you know, I'll give you an extra planning period and all of this. And it was very tempting, but ultimately taking that step was, was something that I look back and go, man, that's kind of where it all started. It would have been easy for me to stay. Um, I probably could have made it, but then I look at the impact that our community is having. And honestly, I don't even feel sometimes worthy, you know, to, to, to even lead this community because we have so many amazing people, some really, really smart marketers in our community that are building things bigger and better. And I love that. I love that. So, you know, I think this is my mark that I want to leave on the world. Mm. You know, this is it. I want to help pastors, church leaders, Christians to help them understand that they can build something, they can create something and, and they can do it even on the side. 
well, as they're pursuing their other callings. And I think in the church world, uh, we've kind of thought, unless you're full time, it's it you're not really in ministry. And I'm I'm really mm. pushing hard to try to redefine that and what what ministry looks like and what you know responsibilities as a pastor look like. And um, but it, that that's that's the thing I'm most proud of. I mean, the medical marketing agency is great. It's a great headline. It's kind of clickbaity a little bit. But what I'm most proud of is is creating digital tent makers, and I love where we're headed. That's awesome, man. Um, where can people learn more about what you're up to? You have um, an amazing newsletter. Um, I'd love to for you to share that and what people can get inside of that, the toolkit. Yeah, tentmakerstoolbox.com. And uh, it's just a free weekly newsletter. I share some insights, thoughts, encouragement, and try to pull together resources that help uh, for those of you that are, maybe you're bivocational, maybe you're a volunteer and you want to help mm. serve your church more, but you can't because you're working a full-time 60 plus hour a week job. And, and so this is designed to really help encourage you and equip you. And so that goes out every Tuesday morning. You can go to tentmakerstoolbox.com and, and sign up for that. That's awesome, man. Um, okay. So got two last questions um, for you. But before I do, man, I, I just, super, again, I, I, just, I can't say it enough. You're one of the coolest, most humble guys that has had a lot of success. So just super grateful for your friendships, awesome, grateful for the work that we get to do. Yeah. Um, grateful that you're revolutionizing really the way pastors, bivocational pastors think uh, and even feel um, uh, at, at, when it comes to ministry. Because uh, there is a different, there is a different way, especially with the economy changing. Times are changing, yep. and so I'm just super honored to to get to work and and know you, my friend. Yeah, man, same, same. It's just been a pleasure, man, to just connect and and build this thing together. And uh, I love that you're talking about this. I love this podcast. I love that you're bringing this perspective to work. And and so I'm I'm really thrilled to be here, man, for sure. Okay, man, if you can travel back in time and give younger you, younger Jeremy, some advice, maybe when you were starting or when you were struggling, you know, what would, where, when would that be? And what would you say? Okay. I'll give you two things. One is a mindset thing. The other one's a practical thing. Uh, mm. the, the one mindset thing would be, you know, going back to our discussion on failure, failure is necessary. So fail often and fail fast because the faster mm. you can fail, the quicker you will get to um, a level of success. And so I, I waited too long and I was bound by fear. So I would just say, I would say to my younger self, hey, don't be afraid. You're going to fail. Go do it quickly and get back up and learn from your failures and then just keep moving. So that that's a mindset thing. But in terms of a practical thing, what I would tell myself is to start building my list sooner. Start building my audience sooner. I waited and, you know, that I, I probably could have started a couple of years prior building an audience, building a list. And, uh, and so, you know, we talk a lot about list building in the online marketing space, start it before you even have a product, get it out there, give something away for free, get a newsletter, something that you can start to build your list. Because once you have a list, um, there's so many options and opportunities that you've got in front of you. But if you don't have an audience, it's, it's really hard to start something new. So those are the two things, mindset thing and a practical thing. I love that. And, and we've talked about this. The best time to, to, to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is today. And having an email list 
We always say it. The more email we send, the more money we, we yep. make. And you may not have a product, but you always, we've talked about our biggest regret, not growing our audience sooner. Yep. And so definitely start growing your email list. There's like free platforms to do a lot of that stuff. Beehive is the platform that you're using right now. Yes. You're really enjoying. We will make sure to link that up um, below and how people can get connect, uh, connected with you and joining your newsletter. So what is your definition of holy hustle? Uh, again, I love that you're talking about this. I feel like that, you know, this is a podcast I wished I would have had, you know, 10 years ago. Um, but, you know, Genesis 2, God says, um, he took the man, he put them in the garden to work it and to take care of it. And so the very first, I mean, literally the very first calling or command given in scripture is to work. And so in a lot of ways, I think we've been conditioned to think that work is a punishment it's something, you know, oh, it's the result of sin. It's a punishment. But work existed before the fall. And I believe work is a privilege and a calling. And if you're not happy with where you are in your job, you can always change it. Just like I did. I learned a skill. I found a hole in the market. And then I just launched. I failed my way to success. Um, and so I think if we look at this idea of work as a calling and as a privilege, Instead of like, it's just something I have to do. I think that can help. Um, and, and so I would define it that way. A holy hustle truly is holy. It's set apart. It's, it's from the beginning, from the garden, God is giving us the calling to work. And it really mirrors what God did in creation, right? God took chaos in the void and he created order from that chaos. And so I think that's very similar to what we do in our work. Right. When I'm working with a local business, I'm putting together a campaign. I'm taking their business, the chaos that is their business, and I'm bringing order to it. When I'm working with a client on messaging or their website, I'm bringing order to it. And, and so this is why I think this podcast is so critical, so important. And I'm really just thrilled to, to be a small part of it, man. Jeremy, man, that I'm a speechless a little bit. That was powerful, <laughs> man. I got excited about some of the language and messaging to use, man. Love you. Appreciate you. And thanks for hanging. We got to do this again soon. Awesome, man. Thanks. Thanks.